but I'm I think gonna get, I'm going to get in trouble for saying dikes, aren't I? No. <laughs> can we can we bleep him out? Can we bleep out dikes? Probably, but should we have to? Uh, no, we yeah. shouldn't. That's what I he said. As an LGBTQAA plus person, I should be able to say dyke. I forgot as, about as that. a member of the alphabet people. You forgot that I was a massive queer. <laughs> <laughs>
issues and they have undoubtedly been serious but we can cope and we do you know we the world people do put in quite good uh, uh measures to 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 stop the, these things getting worse you know we haven't had an incident like the spanish flu in the early 20th century which killed millions of people uh, it's a little bit i think it's a, a bit of a a media storm makes for good newspaper and television coverage but it's always hard to tell isn't it because there's always so much hyperbole but then what it what if it is actual an epidemic what if there is a massive outbreak and we all well, I'll, let, I'll let you know by in a couple of days you know hopefully i'll be all right but by well, then, the, the problem with this virus is there's a 14 day incubation period so mm. uh you could appear healthy for up yeah. to two weeks and still be contagious um with the world as it is with globalization and easy travel between long distance country, uh, far countries. Uh, I think it's going to be actually impossible to prevent the spread of a serious epidemic in the future. And it's, yeah, as I mean, it's quite evident now. There's still been daily flights, presumably, to and from China. Should we not have stopped those straight away? Well, I mean, yeah, that, that wasn't even considered, but presumably thousands, hundreds, thousands of people have traveled into the UK from China since, we, since this epidemic uh, began. I mean, they they are doing tests now. So I mean, so I had some guests yesterday. They came from China, and they were delayed at the airport. They they all of them had to have uh, filled in filling questionnaires. They have to have medical checks at the border. Although this is quite late because this has been going on since December, and of, you would expect the Home Office to be aware of what's happening in other countries, especially mm. when it relates to our health in this country. So for me, it seems as though the Home Office is completely off the ball and they're just playing catch up to a, a developing situation. That being said, my, I, I spoke to my sister, as, as you know, she's a doctor and uh, my brother-in-law is a, a, a tropical viruses consultant in central London, a hospital. And he, they were telling me that this virus in particular isn't as bad as SARS because it targets people who are already weak and maybe have a weakened immune system. And so it's generally going after people who are frail or already ill because of some other issues. Whereas SARS um, would affect everyone, it would affect children and people who are seemingly very healthy. So actually this could be not as bad as uh, previous viruses, but it does, for me, it shows that we have a problem. We have a problem because how is this being allowed to continue with the dodgy food and health standards in China? And we're allowing this to happen in other countries and then we're allowing it to affect our country yeah. just because we just don't care about other countries' practices, food well, and health safety, and then you have other issues. It's very, very interesting to hear Amir advocating for uh, foreign intervention in uh, another country to stop practices we disapprove of and maybe maybe endangering our lives but i don't mean intervention dude certainly doesn't want us to take any action against say the iranian regime um, i'm not talking about intervention well but... we're, jump we're jumping around a few different well no i was just i was I, I was i was making a comparison as, as uh, Amir was 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 wondering what how we allowed things happen, and I, I don't. I'm currently not aware of any uh, way in which you you don't allow something 
to go on, which doesn't involve intervention. I mean, what well, do you, what no, do you I think? I, no, yeah. I mean, I think one way would be to not to to not trade with, you know, to not accept not to not trade with the country and to not accept its standards. That's 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 a non-aggressive way. We can of, establish standards. We can uh, establish best practice. Um, I mean, we do that. Or, I do. I don't see. Well, I, but I, I think the broader question is. But do you think how we have an asymmetrical situation developing with repeated, repeatedly uh, supine behaviour towards China from the UK? And there's a lot of evidence for that. So do you think, you know, do, how well do you think we could enforce any regulations on terms of food standards were we to ever do any kind of trade deal with China? It's not about yeah. doing a trade deal. We, we, we have a lot of... America. Well, we have a lot of trade already with China and with the United States of America. You don't you don't need a trade deal to do trade. There are plenty of Chinese goods in the United Kingdom already, and uh, yeah, I, I think this is I think this is slightly missing the point. It was not too long ago, about twenty years ago, that we had a um, the United Kingdom had a massive outbreak of. BSE, commonly known as Mad Counties, and there were a lot of people in this country, and I suspect a lot of people on this podcast, had they been on this podcast at that time, would have protested in rather stringent terms about some of the measures that other countries, notably the French, made against British beef and, and farming generally. So before we start rushing around lecturing, uh, and imposing sanctions or trade barriers on people. Let's just remember that we are not immune, literally, from these sorts of issues. Well, I mean, yes, but it's about defending your interests. We've shown very little appetite to do so. I mean, you, the US, for instance, your preferred trade partner, have refused, to, have refused to buy haggis and various other uh, British products for, for years and years. So, you know, they've been no friend to British farmers. And I think... That is that is the skepticism that I think you know we would have, or I would have, or I do have, uh, over over the, the terms of a U.S. trade deal. But I think in terms of China, again, I mean, uh, you know, I think this the, the broader question is how much leverage are we prepared to use? Uh, in terms when it comes of- to China, I feel like uh, Joel is right. We are, we are the rule taker. We're not the rule rule giver. Um, we are so concerned about how trade with China is going to detrimentally affect our economy, that we're not willing to hold a high moral ground when it comes to certain issues. And human rights is one of those issues. I mean, you still have millions of uh, Chinese Muslims who are being oppressed by their own government. Uh, And yet, you know, we're okay with that. We're okay with low quality food standards, the way the Chinese... What low quality food standards do we accept into the UK? from china well i mean i mean their their practice their their farming practices when it comes to livestock and animals is 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 really bad i mean i i don't really need to explain it to you just go and google youtube uh chinese animal farming food food practices and you'll see that you had pork or i mean you didn't because you're a vegan but when was the last time you saw Zell in this country, Chinese meat. It isn't just about meat, though. It's about leather. It's about fur. It's about uh, down. You know, it's it's other things that are a process of that industry. You you, you know, and for example, I've seen videos of rabbits get stripped of their 
of their fur when they're alive. Now we've banned that in this well, I don't know if we've banned it. I think we have we've banned that the sale of rabbit fur in uh clothing in this country, but it's just an example of inhumane archaic medieval practices which we allow to happen in other countries now i say when we allow i'm just saying we do allow it kind of passively by continually trading and not saying anything and not imposing kind of i don't i don't mean sanctions but kind of well, just, mean, it's a one-way stream I, well, I agree. So you're more concerned about a rabbit being skinned alive in dubious circumstances than a homosexual being hanged from the neck in iran well i mean people are being murdered by the thousands in, in china as well being put in concentration there is camp, there is genocide happening now in china yeah. as we speak so i mean we're not comparing like for like and while that's obviously i don't on. have a obviously i'm not happy with either but we're talking about china Hannah. we're not talking about iran no but i think it's important that we that we uh hold each other to to account on the um on on our views and expose where we think that we are being inconsistent and i think it's you and joel are both inconsistent on china vis-a-vis -vis other countries maybe well, maybe you're right maybe you're right but it doesn't justify your argument you know you might be right i might be wrong joel might be wrong but it still doesn't justify well, sure what's I, happening in china i'm, I'm just saying oh well i have a imbalanced opinion about I'm not right sure wrong in other parts of the world. I'm not sure okay. I've made that. I'm not sure I've, I've, I've attempted to justify at all what's going on in China. All I've said is, in fact, all, I, all I've uh, said is, apart from pointing out what I think to be some inconsistencies in the approach that you're taking, is that um, there are some public health issues, but the world is, is pretty good at, at dealing with them. And that I don't think that just because we trade with China, you know, we, you know, we, we import iPhones from them means that we should put you know economic sanctions on them because they've had an outbreak of uh, of flu in circumstances where british agriculture has been susceptible to those sorts of things as well well the, Ch the chinese flooded uh, the world global world market with cheap steel and which crushed our industry uh, yeah that's not an issue for you and I think dodgy, food, dodgy, dodgy food practices and farming practices and methods in China has a direct effect on us, especially now with this coronavirus going around. That affects us. Now, you're talking about Iran. Well, what happens in Iran doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect anyone in this country, in this I, country, does I, it? I think it's a general approach, Hamish. I mean, you know, we I do, do not, have... I do not agree with the statement that Amir just made. We, we have built up more. extensive and, and supine, a supine relationship with China where we have, we are essentially bending over backwards to embrace Chinese commerce, which is fine to a degree, but the, mm. the, 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 we, we have a huge amount of Chinese students in this country, for instance. Um, so that, therefore, that's where the public health uh, angle is particularly important. But um and and it's it's really about about this sort of supine relationship that we've developed you seem to be quite happy with that but i would say as a as a conservative um i think that we should be uh, much more assertive in standing up for the rights of this country and and how we um uh, you know we maintain our standards and our values in terms of trading with china should be paramount paramount you, uh, no one has currently managed to proffer any any sort of instance where we have not maintained our standards. 
our standards currently are the European Union's. Oh, please, feel, so, feel free. I'll, right I'll right now, we are discussing and contemplating taking Chinese infrastructure and 5G networks, mm -hmm. which is going to be a serious uh, endangerment of our security in this country. And yeah, I don't think you have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. Kevin, come on, a great patriot. You've got to step in here. Well, what's the... Uh... Well, I mean, I completely agree with Amir on this on this point. I think um, Tom Tuggenhart, as far as I could... On this specific point, Tom Tuggenhart is the only one in Parliament that, that, as far as I see, that is saying, look, we should not be taking on... Uh, Huawei for our 5G. They have too many close links with the CCP. Um, and China's got a lot of atrocities going on right now. We need to stand up to them. And we do need to stand up to them. And we don't need to enable enable them to be embedded in our infrastructure on any level. Uh, we should be getting, you know, British companies to build our 5G system. Exactly. Yes, well, Boris, that's all well and good for Boris to say. And I, I totally agree with him, you know. To be more skeptical, but for him to say, what's the alternative? Well, surely there is an alternative. Huawei can't be the only company in the entire universe that can build a 5G infrastructure that isn't linked to the Chinese Communist Party. Even if they are, do we need 5G that much that we're willing to compromise our values to get it? There's literally one country in the world that can, one company in the world that can build this, and they happen to be. The, no, the I, I'd rather spend twice the amount of money and get British engineers and British computer scientists and develop new technology and, and invest in our country mm -hmm. and our universities yes. uh, rather than rather than give it outsource it to China um, just because we think they can do it cheaper, mm. but not necessarily better. I completely agree. And we have a stunking conservative majority now. There's no excuse for, for inaction. It's, it's great, which is, you know, great to see. We've got all these, you know, bright MPs now ready to go with 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 extensive business experience. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see the agenda. You know, there is no there is nothing holding this government back now. Look, I hate I hate to interrupt this very convivial meeting of the Little Englander society, but. You can't, wow. you can't call us Little well, Englanders well, just for being Ramona from, from Hampstead. Just nearing Hampstead comment. Why is it that any time someone speaks up for conservative values, they get name-called? It should be okay to be conservative, Hamish. In this is... Hampstead intelligentsia. What, what, what we have been hearing is, is not an iteration of conservative values, because since the abolition of the Corn Laws, conservative values has meant embracing the free market and not embracing protectionism and giving state aid to domestic uh, industry. Number one. Wow. So we we are uh, under attack. Excuse me. I think you. I think. I think you'll find that I'm. I'm just getting. Just getting. Just getting a word in edgeways. I do object. I do object to Huawei being involved in the five uh, G system because I have concerns, which I think are legitimate, and are by the way shared by the Americans who who Joel has such a problem with. Uh, about the security aspects and the links to the Chinese government. That is why I, I have concerns. I do not have concerns about Huawei and 5G because I think that this government should be sponsoring uh, British industry and protecting British industry against global competitors. And I do not have a problem with Huawei because there's coronavirus in China. I just find it hilarious that you think since the Corn Laws, the Conservative Party have been standing up for free market capitalism. Where, where, sure. have you, where have you been? I'm not sure that's what I said. I think conservatism, I think, is what I said. Well, I think our great has been supporting has been support the conservative values 
um, with a capital C has been for free markets uh, economics rather than protectionism. And what I was hearing uh, was was a lot of advocation for for what most people would um, uh, recognise as protectionism and uh, sort of uh, industrial isolation. But at the same time, you've spoken of a US trade deal, which would be about protecting US markets. So uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't follow that. I'm afraid. So you you would you want a US trade deal, presumably, which would be about about protecting protectionism of the UK and US trade. So. I don't, I don't, I don't um, accept the premise of the question. I, I, I want <laughs> us, I want the United Kingdom to fret, to trade as freely as possible with as many markets but this isn't as a, possible. It's not a free but market I issue. I also recognise. I also recognise that um, uh, you know, trade negotiations are negotiations, and you don't get everything you want. It's not a free market issue primarily. That's why right. I've. Said, but, but if, if the five eyes, Hamish, if the five I eyes said, are saying that this is a security risk for this company to be uh, embedded in our infrastructure, that's not a free market capitalism issue. That is a national security exactly, issue. Which is why, which is which is the, the reason I gave for my strong reservations for having Huawei on the five G network. However, the reasons. All of you were talking about before I interrupted your meeting of the Little England Club was about you'd rather invest in British industry and give them a leg up. The two aren't mutually exclusive. They well, they aren't mutually exclusive because in this in this example they may dovetail. But my position is I have problems with the security aspect. Not I want to further British industry and use British taxpayers' money to do so. Well, just, because, about... just because you're not patriotic and don't want to support your nation doesn't make us Little England. I think protectionism is patriotic, and I would uh, object. We're not, uh, Hamish. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about patriotism. I know because you're oh. a liberal. Like, <laughs> oh. Apparently, apparently, some of the people. Uh, this podcast, I'm not talking they, about protectionism although, either. Although they cloak themselselves in in all sorts of mantles, turn out Wait. to just be fundamentally economic socialists. But go okay, on. Okay, but what I'm talking about is you're talking about free trade, free markets. Okay, and I'm talking about our mark, our core businesses in our country is under attack by Chinese trade, which is subsidized from the government. This is an assault on our country. Now, it's not a conventional war, as you might be used to. It's not terrorism, as uh, as we've been used to in the past. This is a different kind of war. It's a trade war, okay? It's happening between America and China. And inadvertently, we are seeing some of it come to our country. Now, we're not talking about protectionism for the sake of propping up British business, which might be inefficient and useless and should actually be allowed to just die and perish. I'm talking about protecting our country in this world kind of globalism, which is now kind of prevalent. Although a few and years ago you were, you were bemoaning the, uh, the, the, the uh, demise of British Steel. No, I just think the reason why British Steel is, was collapsing, I think it was bought out, it was collapsing, was because Chinese... The, the Chinese government was subsidizing their industry and flooding the world market with cheap steel, underpriced steel. steel. That is, that it's may... not the only reason, but that is the predominant reason. I, which... I, I think you'd struggle to find any economic uh, support for that analysis. I think you'll find that the reason that steel manufacturing in this country has fallen or uh, yeah, has died, along with a lot of other manufacturing and industrial uh, uh, sort of parts of our economy, very complicated and to do with you know, things such as you know, the cost of of employing the labor and the raw materials which is just vastly more expensive in in the united kingdom than it is in other parts of the world 
that may or may not be a good thing. So has so yeah. has Chinese subsidies have nothing to do with the demise of that's again not what I said steel industry. I know, oh, but you're implying that you're suggesting no, said, that, but without without saying that. No, I said it was the straw. I said it was the, could have been could very well have been the straw that broke the camel's back. But I think British steel and British industry, more manufacturing industry, more generally, look, was I'm okay. Problems, was having problems uh, long before the Chinese flooded the steel market. No, I, we, we, I think we all agree with that. And maybe it is the straw that broke the camel's back. It doesn't negate what China has done and continues to do at a world yeah, level. It's all about an approach and a, and a, and a, way, of, uh, a, a way of dealing with, uh, with China and, and working with them that, uh, you know, I think we fundamentally disagree on, uh, Hamish. You know, I think, you know, you, you, know you, you seem happy to roll out the red carpet literally uh, for, the, for the Chinese uh, Communist Party. Um, and uh, you know, I don't think that's the right approach for for the UK at the moment. And I think there's a lot of uh, lots of concern about the actions of the Chinese government, obviously. Uh, and I just think and inaction and inaction. I mean, December, with, you know, like why 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 so little so late? I mean, okay, fair enough. They've quarantined 50 million people and effectively closed down a city bigger than London. But you know, I mean. But tr trust is low. Trust is low with 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 both of the the, the, the mega powers. You know, with, between the UK and and both the mega powers. I mean, the US has shown contempt to the UK this week uh, in our request to uh, extradite the fugitive, the lady who who killed the uh, the poor boy outside the RAF base, the US Air Force base. Sorry, the RAF base. Sorry, where the US Air Force do exercises uh, in in North Hants. Uh, tragic incidents. Um, the lady fled the country, facilitated by the U.S. ambassador. Um, it's unheard of for the U.S. to turn down an extradition request from the U.K., and yet they've done so. But it's based on diplomatic immunity, isn't it? And they, they well, did say that it was set a precedent that kind of makes it null and void. So you can see where they're coming from. It's not necessarily that they don't want to work with us. It's just that diplomatic immunity was invoked. And what do you do about it afterwards? I think, I think there's, there's no doubt it was, it was a complete slap in the face to the U.K., of course, uh, Suleimani, Suleimani was a diplomat, and they bombed him. So, so well, I mean, I think the, but the enemy the rules, state difference. The rules of well, but what kind of what kind of ally are we? What kind of friend are we? If if, if, if to be treated like that, you know, a, a family seeking justice. Would you? Would you? Would 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 you support the? Uh, extradition of a, of a British diplomat to America in those circumstances. I, I, th I think there's no. Well, I, just, I think there's no doubt that it would have happened. It wasn't. It would have happened. It would have happened. They would have stayed in the country and, and been. There would be a war uh, if we denied an extradition request from America in, in yeah. a reverse situation. We do it all, we've done it all the time, especially to places Europe. Europe. There's uh, no way. And can you imagine Hamish's reaction if it had been a Chinese diplomat? Europe, has, um, Europe has, has often, uh, lots of European countries have refused to uh, <clears throat> extradite uh, not just diplomats, but people to, uh, especially minors, to places in the United States that still, ex still had the death penalty for 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 children, effectively. Uh, the, I, I don't, I don't, um, I, look, I think at the time I, I tweeted that I wanted a couple of guys from the SAS to fly over to the States with a burlap sack, extraordinarily, extraordinarily rendition the woman via Diego Garcia for a good bit of waterboarding and then leave her to the dikes at Holloway Prison. But um, look, it's just not going to happen, is it? Well, uh, it, you, you, you can blithely dismiss the, you know, the fact that we have zero influence whatsoever on this administration, but I think that's quite significant in, in, the, in the wider scheme of things, given the other stuff that we're being expected to do for the US 
uh, that the way that they've treated us in this Harry Dunn case is very uh, dismissive and, and very illustrative, I would say, of how they value our, of how they value our friendship, how they value our relationship. I, I, th I think it's, uh, I think, um, I think we have a real situation here with uh, America, with China, and I don't think this is going to be easily resolved in one podcast. So, <laughs> so thank you very much for watching. This has been Political Dregs. I've been Calvin Robinson. With me has been Joel, Hamish and Amir. See you in the next one. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Good night. Shall we say hello to some friends of the show? Anyone yeah. got any friends to say hello to? I have one friend. Amir has one friend. Yes, uh, I was today campaigning for the Lib Dems and uh, one of the people who, who came to campaign actually said to me, oh, I watch your podcast and they're really good. Except oh. you're surrounded by people who maybe should be more balanced in some way or so i said <laughs> well balanced. it depends yeah, on the topic but i did say to him keep on watching give us feedback and hopefully we can make it more balanced for you i think we're quite a balanced group are we not mm. i think we i think we suffer with a bit of with a bit of diversity uh, uh his name is uh what was his name again joe dodd there you go joe you, joe. Hi, joe. joe dodd and he's a lib democrat Joe, do comment below. Let us know how we could uh, be more balanced, in your opinion. Hamish? Yes. Any, any other friends of the show from anybody? Um, we've got so many, it's, 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 uh, it's hard to think, you know. But, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we welcome everyone. That was a good, that was a good filler. But, no, well, welcome to all friends. Well, we've, we've got, got the best a, friends, the biggest friends. We've got the biggest we've got long, long, long standing uh, uh, friends who, who always... Always watches Tracy Liner in, in Sheffield. Always always gives oh. a, a watch. Uh, Dr. Thurlow from East Anglia University. Andrew Bush. Chris the Highgate Breaks is here. But we do actually have a bit of a bit of feedback oh. on Twitter. Uh, Mr. Will Marshall ha asked, have you guys considered doing this as an audio podcast? Well, Mr. Will Marshall, we absolutely have. We are available on Spotify to download and listen. And this week we are now also available on Apple iTunes to subscribe, download, listen at leisure, all those things. You don't have to look at my awful face. You don't have to look at these appalling people, but you can listen to our dulcet tones, subscribe, etc. So it's not just a YouTube thing anymore. We are we are multi-platforming now. And uh, I hope everyone, everyone enjoys that. Brilliant. There we go. All right. Great. I think that you and I should gang up on them for how like they moaned about the Iran thing and it turned out to be such a fucking extraordinary success. <laughs>